0: It says with the spirit of heaviness, but on the garment of praise. That's how we fight our battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. What we're doing tonight? This is how I fight my battles.
1: Because
0: when you think you're lost, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded.
2: morning and welcome to church. God is good. And all the time, let's stand as we rejoice and celebrate. Join us as we sing this praise called Flawless. Welcome to church.
3: There's got to be more than going back and forth. From doing right to doing wrong. As we were taught that's who we are. Everybody thinking it's worthy what you do,
1: then like a hero
3: who
1: takes the stage when we're on the edge of our scene, saying it's too late. So let me introduce you to amazing grace, no
3: matter the bumps, no matter the bruises. It up in righteousness, but that's exactly what he did. No matter the bumps, no matter the bruises, no matter the scars, still the truth
1: is the cross has made, the cross has made you flawless No matter the hurt, or how deep the wound. (laughs) Oh <laughs>
3: Is she the great? that this morning.
2: Praise the Lord. You know, in that song, it says no matter what you've gone through, the bumps, the bruises, the pain, the scars, he'll always take our flaws and make us flawless. And walking in the newness of Christ, there's nothing greater. Amen. Amen. You know, I know it's difficult for us, and I'm just going to get this out of the way. Leslie, you are loved. And we love you dearly. From the bottom of my heart, as your pastor, I love you. Leslie lost her husband a week ago. And we know that Anne Marie, she's at home this morning as we've lost Brother Russ this past week. Loss is difficult, it's very difficult. There's pain associated with loss, and there's grief, and there's mourning that's associated with that. But you know what's great? other side of heaven. Father, we are honored to be in the work of the Lord. Father, again, thank you for your presence. Bless these loved ones. Bless Christian and No, there's never a song that fills a void like this song, right? I always say, let's bring back the songs that have a great message from the archives, right? I'm trading my sorrows,
3: I'm trading my shame, I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. Do you believe that this morning? Hallelujah! I'm trading my sickness. I'm trading my pain. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. We say, Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, 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 Lord. Amen. I not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down when i destroyed. I am blessed beyond the curse, for His promise will endure, and His joy is going to be my strength. Though the sorrow may last for the night, His joy comes with the morning. Yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, amen. Ooh, we sing, Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, amen. I am pressed, but I'm not crushed. I am pressed but not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. I am blessed beyond the curse, for His promise will endure, but His joy is going to be my strength. Though the sorrow may last for the night, His joy comes with the morning.
1: Come on, church. Put your hands
2: of you that maybe not know this song, if you don't know the words, you sing it kind of, it's just a bunch of laws, you know, so it's really easy, so everybody in will never know that you don't Hallelujah. Let's just praise the Lord this morning. I'm glad I can train in my SARS. This morning, would you turn around and welcome someone to New Hope? If you are here for the first time, we're blessed. You're our guests. God bless you and welcome to church. Good morning, and as you make it back to your seats, you may be seated. Welcome to church, and if this is your first time with us, we hope that you received a welcome cup or a welcome packet. And we want to say, welcome to church. All right, Pastor Luke's going to tell you what's going on here at New Hope.
4: So once again, we want to say welcome, whether you're joining us here in person or you're joining us on on online. So a few quick announcements. Um, tonight there is a worship night that starts at six o'clock. Bring a dessert, bring an appetizer. We'll have a we'll do some songs. We'll have a little break. Then we'll finish up with some singing. It's always just a good and good to get into the house and just be able to worship God and thank him for all his blessings and all he has provided for us. So come out tonight for that. And then tomorrow night there will be a security training meeting at seven o'clock if you have any questions you can see ron stern about that you have something you want to say we need some actors to be there tomorrow night so to to play some different roles we're going to be doing role playing at the security meeting so if you're interested in just being an actor we'd love to have you actors are just a character (laughs) actor because he's a character hey you know hey but other than that we want to thank you for joining us uh Pay attention to our Facebook. Hit that like, share button. Let people know about New Hope. Let them know where you're worshiping. Pull out your phones right now. Share our live stream. Let people know that they can join us on there for church. If you have not got your money in for the recovery hoodies, please get them in. We are getting them ordered, getting them done. So please, please get your, your money, money in for them.
1: Them.
4: that. Right
2: So let's just ask God to bring the Holy Spirit to your name, to touch our lives, fill us up, comfort us, especially in a time such as what our church has gone through this past week and is going to continue to go through. So our God is faithful, amen. Let's worship.
4: He took the Bible. So each and every week, we hold our Bibles up and, and
2: we say a decree. And, 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 and It's, not, it's just not just
1: words. It means so much once you hide this book in your heart. You'll feel it come alive in you. So if you have your Bibles, raise them up nice and high. I we it back in Sunday school 30 or 40 years ago. Let's <laughs> say it this way. This is my Bible. God's I will make a lamb unto my feet and a lion unto my feet.
2: Feel that way with me. It's not good to be alone. I'm just going to tell you, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Amen. And oh something I just get excited over that song. I mean, oh
1: wait. I'm not Pentecostal at all, but I could probably do some sprints around this church. Amen. You know, what I did for the song? You can become
2: free from fear. You know, if he can split the sea, if he can split the
1: sea, and allow.
2: this, that our God is powerful and He can take away what we're afraid of.
1: Mm Amen.
2: There is deliverance in the name of Jesus. There's deliverance in the power of Jesus. And in this, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, you can your masks on or did she even say please my wife says I don't know all I know is that I retracted my steps and we put the mask on let's be kind let's be kind let's be kind let's love one another we've forgotten about it we have forgotten what love is about because everybody has an agenda everybody has a right and we're being dictated to you know from here to there, from in this place to that place, it's chaos. And I just want you to know that in the midst of what's going on, nobody is discrediting or discounting that COVID is real. And we want to respect those businesses that are protecting one another. And I I love that and I can appreciate that. But can you do it with some finesse? Can you do it with some love? So it hit me that here in Ephesians 5, it tells us to be imitators of God. And the only way that we can be imitators of God is what? To walk in His love. To act like Him. To take on fruits of the Spirit. To be like our Savior. And that's where I believe that we've missed it through all of this. To remember who we are in Christ. That's important. Watch closely. As I think this kind of depicts... What we're talking about in building relationships, dealing with loneliness, what it's making people do is to become recluses and and to not be in the public eye and to stay away from family and friends. And God created us for one another. Amen? Watch.
5: Ends with a
1: cry.
5: Ends with a groan. And in between are a lot of things. A little baby being born in this world Uh, nestled very carefully by loved ones anticipates that all life will be that way and gets rudely interrupted and from that moment on life has its crises and life has its problems the the bad thing about it all is that most people are not able to cope with them and worse than that they don't know what causes them They fight the air. Those people never resolve life's problems. And there are millions of lonely people right now. Many are in some far off, desolate spot, dying of loneliness. You can be an ostrich if you want to and stick your head in the sand, but it doesn't win many battles. Facing the issues of life, is strength and God wants you God wants me to face the issues of life not run from them. Psychiatrists say that loneliness is the very seat of throne of man's emotional and mental disorders and it begins in that area of loneliness. That loneliness drives the human person to other negative situations. Loneliness at one time or another attacks every human person to live on planet earth. None escaping. It. it is how you handle loneliness that either makes you great or not great. you discover if you live long enough that loneliness is no respect to persons. The person in the limelight might have no light on the inside. And the one who seems to have everything may be absolutely empty on the inside. You can be lonely in a big city where throngs are moving on the sidewalk. And you feel as isolated as if you were on the moon by yourself. You can be in a a big theater building, a football stadium, wherever there are crowds of people. So loneliness is more than a, uh, the loneliness loneliness can be had in a crowd. It doesn't mean you have to be just absolutely by yourself to be lonely. Your insides haven't been healed and helped and cured is the reason that you find that you're lonely there. Anybody, a boy or a girl, some of you parents or hear it, anyone left alone has a tendency toward loneliness. Leaving your children alone can warp their personality for a lifetime. You've heard about the lone wolf. The first one to die. The word says in Genesis 2 and 18, and the Lord God said, It is not good that a man should be alone. And that doesn't only mean man, it means woman too. And then God said, I will make him an helpmate. For him. So in the very beginning God wanted to cut the weed of loneliness so that it could not grow. So now man could have fellowship two directions, upward fellowship with the Most High, outward fellowship with a companion. For sure rejection Causes loneliness. When you care for someone and you're rejected, you are alone. Oftentimes rejection causes people to run away from reality, run away from friends, and they go with a broken heart. They go with a downcast countenance. They're lonely. Maybe nothing can uh, bring loneliness as quickly as failure. And this hits all ages of people. Or you let a man go bankrupt and he's lonely. All the parties he gave, he can't find his friends anymore. They're gone. He's bankrupt now. Nothing is so lonely as defeat. Ask the boys that play ball. Baseball, football, basketball. The cameras are not on the loser. The cameras are on the winner. And if you were last year's winner and you were shouting and rejo- rejoicing and this year, you're just under the shower. That's all. The lights are on somebody else. They're winners. We're trying to show you their vicissitudes in life that come to us that can create that monster called loneliness. You say how do you cope with loneliness? How do you cope with it? If it comes, what do you do about it? Well in a very simple form, the answer to loneliness is another person. It can be a mate. Or it can be even a child. Or it can be a person of your own type of experience and age. But a real answer to loneliness is fellowship. And fellowship is the opposite to loneliness. You get with others and you have forgotten what you were lonely about. Now fellowship originates in the Godhead. It originates in the divine Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have fellowship one with another. So they're never longer. Now they're never alone. In first John 1 and 3 it says, That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, I have to admit to you, (laughs) as far as I know, I've never been lonely. Now, it could have been that before I was saved, I was lonely. But I was so mean, I didn't know what it was. I just angered everybody. So if I wasn't with anybody, I was cooking up how to get in with somebody. So I was real busy for the devil. But since I've been saved, I've been a happy person. I lived on the top of the mountains of Tibet and was not lonely. I went for five months in the jungles of South America without a bed, slept in a hammock at a tree, and I was not lonely. I lived on boats. 30 and 40 days at a time crossing the oceans. All I did was write a book. Read the Bible. I was never lonely. I cannot tell you I was lonely. So lonely is a condition of your insides in that, that you are out of fellowship with God. Because in fellowship with God, the devil can't put that bug in you. You say, how do you cope with Loneliness. There's some people that feel they have to give a lot of their time to fasting and prayer. When they'll do a lot better if they get with a group of God's people and share love and joy. The person of truth related to loneliness is this be attached to the body of Christ. Be attached to Christ. He is the head of the body. And then life is worth living. Every moment is dramatic. Every quiet hour is a growth. And now to say, oh, I am so sad. Sadness and sin have essence, serpent. They belong to that body. And we don't have to have any of it. Some people are sad and some people are lonely because they don't know any better. That's the reason we're teaching it. You throw it out, it's a poison. You cast it out, it don't belong to God's people.
2: Loneliness is amazing,
3: isn't it? It's not good to be alone, is it? You know, I was... uh, as I was studying this this
2: lesson and going over some things in my life, I I always reflect, and I found this video, and I thought it was it was awesome when you think about embracing God and embracing our relationship and fellowship with the Father. Let's pray together, Father. We thank you so much for the Word today. I thank you, Lord, for uh, allowing us to, at this time in our life, understand what relationships are about. So, Father, I thank you that you are said, for to work out of my name, I'm in the midst, and so Father, we thank you that you knew what it was like not to just worship alone, but to have people there. So Father, we thank you that your spirit is with us, and that today you have some truths from your word that are going to speak to us. So Father, I pray that you'll just speak through me, hiding behind the cross, let me be in your shadows, and let people sense your presence and your spirit here this morning. Father, thank you for your word, and all God's people said in Jesus. Amen. And Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 let's go ahead and I'm just going to kind of uh, paraphrase kind of bring you up to speed if you were here last week as we spoke on relationships. What does it look like? What's it like to be lonely? How to get through this? And today i will be giving you three important keys to overcoming loneliness in your life. But in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 it says this. Then God's Verse 26, I want you to circle it because it's talking about the plural part of it, not singular, because the relationship is with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So it's the three to one. People have never seen this in the scriptures and some have seen it in the scriptures. God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male
1: and female,
2: he created them. And then in verse twenty eight it says that God blessed them.
1: Look to the person next to you and say, God bless you.
2: And now I want you to look at the person say, I'll receive that. I'll take God's blessings, amen. It says, Then God blessed him, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on earth. I think it's interesting that even from there, in that dynamic of looking at our God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that God
1: then, after Adam,
2: God created Seth. Chapter five, verse three. You can write that. I don't want to correct on that verse, but He created Seth that was in the likeness of God, had the attributes of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So we are a community. We have relationships.
5: You know, the Bible talks about
2: being equally and unequally yoked. I believe that as we come together as believers, even in. You have an unbelieving spouse. So he said, come together as a unity. You know, there I, I love that in that video it showed the two ladies that were together. How many of you have some friends? I said some. You know. Uh I'm just to highlight Russ here real quick. I'm kind of uh, I'm just following the Lord's
1: lead this morning. But,
2: uh, you know, if anybody knew Russ Steiner Russ Steiner was the only guy that I've ever met in the last 40 years that knew people like he knew. If he overheard me talking, I said he had a budget system that, that just was endless. I say he always had 1,553 buttons Because if you said anything, he would always come up like he was a ghost and say, Oh, hold on a minute. I have a buddy that does that. I have a buddy that does that.
3: I, you know, it's great to know that you have
2: than five friends. The Bible says that have a friend. Be a friend. You must show yourself friendly. Friendships are important. I love friendships. And I will say, as I've heard over the years, if you have more than this many friends, you're doing well in your life. Life is giving and taking, isn't it? thankful for the example that Russ exhibited through friendships because he loved people. And I'll tell you he loved serving this church, but I don't want to get ahead of my message He loved serving people. He loved feeding you. He, you, none of you even understand the depth of community to that man. He, preacher, yes, what do you think about some sausage with the breakfast? Okay. Oh, so let we go ahead and buy it? Sure, that would be great. <laughs> you want to feed everybody's sausage? Give them sausage with their pancakes. <laughs> I don't care. Y'all know I don't eat in the morning anyhow. Probably not a good thing when you get up to preach after you just ate a big old greasy buttery breakfast. Did I just say that right here in front of all you people? <laughs> anyhow, so I, you know, I skip over. I said, brother, you do whatever you want. He said, well, the last time I heard people say and I overheard them, and I just wanted to please some people. I said, well, you go right ahead and stir them until you're tired and exhausted. And that man, then with, at the end of service, on a Sunday morning, when he would do the once-a-month breakfast, the spaghetti dinners, or the ricotomy, or whatever he was doing, from turkey dinners to whatever, he would then say, are you all ready?
1: I'm
2: going to get going. All right, give me a hug. Hey, preacher, I'm going to get going now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, then <laughs>
2: Twenty minutes later, he would walk back in the office. I don't care if i during the week would say, Okay, I'm going to get going. Well, guess what? He got going. And the Lord raptured him home. And so that was our final goodbye. And so I'm grateful for his influence in my life. Wow. But what? say is, I believe that what he
3: exhibited was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He understood fellowship. He understood the Spirit that comes with fellowship,
2: with relationships. I love relationships. I love this church. There's nothing harder than losing somebody through death or losing someone when they leave or move on from a ministry because you poured in their life. You know, Life is valuable. People are valuable. You know, I'm just gonna say this Leslie because you're here. But she lost a husband of 43 years. Forty-three years. And I always say that she's my sister. You know, uh, I know this sounds a little bizarre. There's two women in this church from Daddy and Leslie always say, you know, she That I think it's important to have that quiet time. Sometimes we got to get away from noise, but I believe that what God was teaching was that there is value. There's value. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it says, And the Lord God said, It's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So he created
1: a for man. And that's what
2: relationships are about. And when people will say, Oh, Pastor, listen.
1: Mm, we'll
2: Aren't you so lonely? He said, for two or four together, my name, I'm in the best. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. one another this morning as we look into embracing our God embracing our God given connection here is point number one spiritual family and community choosing to belong spiritual family community choosing to belong I believe that we all will be served by recognizing that we long to belong. I think that longing to belong is so deep that sometimes we protect ourselves from rejection by declaring we don't really care what anyone thinks. Now listen, that we don't need anyone, that we won't let anyone tell us what to do. And the longing can become a source that tries to define us, then divide us into factions. Apart from God, the world will try to define us by race, by age, by stage of life, by political perspectives, offering a way to belong that actually does what? It separates us. And I truly believe that Christ came to restore the true way in which we were created to belong to God and to then to one another. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 here's what it says and you can read this with me. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You belong. Period. Life in Christ is not just a matter of believing. It's a matter of belonging. And you and I must choose to belong. Maybe throughout your journey or throughout your life, maybe for some that are here this morning, some of us us have felt like orphans. God is calling us to be a part of a family. And this call to belong means giving up my deep sense of independence. Many of us long to belong to others, but refuse to allow anyone to have any claim on our life. So if we are going to build better relationships, the first challenge is to choose to belong. To confront our hyper-independence and embrace the gift of belonging. I love to belong. I love that when I come here, I'm part of your family. Isn't it awesome? We're a part of each other. And you know that when you go through hardship or grief, you know you have people that love you. You know there are people. As Joe prayed this morning in his setting, and I appreciate the men praying over me this morning. Bless your hearts. He said, Much like Moses, may the men of this church hold one another up. May Aaron and Ur. When when Moses became tired, his arms started to fall. There were people there to lift him up. That's what we need, amen. amen. We need one another. It's such a valuable, vital principle in our walk with Christ. Yet, many of us will say, "I don't need church." Well, I need it. I'm, I'm living proof. I'm living proof. I need people. Matter of fact, my wife probably thinks, "You know, Todd, let's let's you know we only have 20 minutes till we need to be at the next appointment," and her comment to me is, "Now." Remember where we're going, what we're doing, because she keeps me on point and on task because, you know, I only do a few things a week. But she'll say, Don't go in there and make friends with those people. We don't have time today. (laughs) She has to remind me of those things because I will become friends with everybody. I love people. And I believe that's the heart of Christ. But yet, I love to belong. I love belonging to people. Yes, there is a sense of hyper-independence that comes along with. I just want to go to my man cave. I want to go to my she shed. I want to go to wherever it is. I'm just going to get in my bed, jump in there, throw those blankets over me, and pretend like nobody in my world exists. Well, I'll tell you this. Addiction does the same thing, and you have to be very, very careful because addiction will drown you. And then you wake up from this slumber and it comes, becomes real in your life. As we deal every Thursday with New Hope for Recovery. There are principles that Trish teaches to help people to overcome it. Brother, can you turn on the fans for me? Thank you. And so what we do is we learn those principles on how to survive and belong. You know what I love about a community? Those in the addiction program or... listen. New Hope for Recovery isn't just for those that are addicts. It's for those that have hurts, habits, and hang-ups. It's what it's about. But you know, there's nothing greater than belonging to something that you know people care for you. And that's so important in our life. It's so important in our walk. We love to belong. And this belonging brings the value of realizing another God-given connection. And that is the nature of, number two, partnership. Choosing to contribute. Partnership. Choosing to contribute. In Greek, the language of the New Testament was originally written in the word fellowship. And is often translated partnership. That's how close these two words are. Partnership is realizing that you've got a contribution to make that to the family of God and that the family of God needs you. They need you to be a part of it. We have a common source, but also a common purpose that connects us. You'll see here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, it says this, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building." It says that we are partners working together for God. How many of you have ever wanted to be a part of a great team that accomplished something great? Some of you guys maybe had a dream of being a part of a team that went to the Super Bowl or won the World Series, and we need to grasp the profound call that God created us to be partners in the ultimate purpose. We get to be a part of God's plan
1: for the universe. and full of love. Let me show you something.
2: All right, can I have my boys come up here? All son-in-laws. And my only, I adopted mine. this is my nephew. I call him the son I never had. But now I have three sons, so we're going to get in a huddle here, right? All right, come on up here, guys. Now, being a part of a team is doing what? We're working together. So, we watch Cleveland Browns and all the, the great winning that they've been going through and you know, but they had to do one of these things. So, nobody can hear me in here, okay? I don't have my mic on, okay? But what are we doing? Are we an
0: idol? Throw it to the left. Throw it to
2: the left. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Seriously.
5: So on the count of three, we do
2: what? Go team. Go team. Go team. Now, hold on a minute. Hold on. They We didn't rehearse this. I'm really sorry, okay? It's kind of a little messed up here, but... A Joe. Yes, sir. Come back around here. I didn't tell you to turn around. All right, come back into the huddle. One,
3: two,
2: three. three go Jesus. Jesus. Okay, go ahead. Go sit down. So think about this. So so we when we're part of a team, the only reason why I did this, is because all of these guys they love football. They live for football. And I'm trying to really see that was kind of a subliminal thing to my son-in-laws and, and to Justin. Listen. Jesus is who we need to be a part of. That's the team that's the winning team. Because we're winners, we're not. We're victors, we're not. We're child, we are children of the Most High That's right. Somebody must have taught that around here sometime. We are part of the winning team. And that's what I always want to say. He is the champion of love. And I'm grateful that we get to come together. We cannot win anything if we don't have that community that brings people together and that there's a partnership that, that comes with one another. Much like a marriage. You have to learn to be with one another. And the latter part of Ephesians 5, I mean, I don't have to go through, but I think it's in verse 20, it starts going through. Well, first of all, it says, submitting one another in the fear of God. So then it goes right into you know, the spiritual component of marriage. And so once you start to submit to one another, you start working together as a team, right? It's a partnership. When you start saying, he said, she said, and you're not working together, now you're separating and you're going to lose. My wife and I could not build new hope over the last 16 years. First of all, Jesus Christ is the head of our life. He's the head of our home and he's the head of our church. But without us working together and partnering together to fulfill the calling of Jesus Christ, we would never be where we're at. I need a wife that's going to support me. But men, don't miss the the important principle that says, Husbands, love your wives. Wives, honor your husbands. Love the way you're supposed to. Love one another the way you're supposed to. Listen, as each part does its own special work, we will experience how we are fit together and help others grow. We discover the God-given connection of partnership, and as we embrace being contributors that we learn that connections and partnerships come together. There's two different types of people in life. There are givers and there are takers. There are givers and there are takers, right? What kind of person are you? What kind of man are you? What kind of woman are you? What kind of individual are you? You know, I wanna, I want. just can I just stop for a minute? I'm going to throw an advertisement in here, but it's really not. The Bible says, Given it shall be given unto you with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, sh- running over, shall God add. You know what's been great? Do you know in two years, we're going on two years of the pandemic, right? Where we've experienced all kinds of different changes in our communities. Thank you for partnering with us. Thank you for partnering with Christ and giving back to God. You know, it's great. I told the guys, I don't know, that we'll ever pass a plate around here again. You know why we pass plates? Because people love to be ushers. So everybody's, you know, doing their part. They come forward. But it's been great in two years. Listen, if you can learn the principle that God loves a cheerful giver, and when you understand that principle, then you just get to give, and God will bless you with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Giving is wonderful, that's the community and i just want to personally and publicly thank everybody over the last 2 years so we didn't have to pass a plate and spread germs and so on and so forth i haven't even i don't have to talk about money you're giving out of obedience to the lord and out of your love for christ and that means the world
1: to me and because of that we're able to do all kinds of 12 and 20. And then it's not one
2: turkey that comes through here. It's a whole family of turkeys. Yes, I don't know if it's dad who, his chest goes out like this and he, you know, he's strutting his stuff across the parking lot because he thinks I'm going to come chase him or something. No, I'm probably more afraid of you than you realize. But we're going to get lights. So I appreciate your partnership. Let me continue. And then our, God connect, our God-given connection is number 3 and last friendship choosing to share friendship develops as we choose to share our lives we see spiritual friendship described in the biblical book of acts as the very first lives gathered following the resurrection of christ it says in acts chapter 2 verse 44 now all who believed were together and had all things in common notice the two things here one You can't develop friendships without meeting together. You cannot develop friendships without meeting together. And two, you can't develop friendships without sharing. Some say people that have really deep friendships, they have long-term friendships, 20, 30 years, something like that. And we may think, man, how lucky, how lucky they are to have a deep friend like that. But the truth is that it doesn't have much to do with luck. It reflects the choice to have created the time and space to share life. They met. They got together. And then they shared. And in that same section, it describes how they met in homes. They met in the larger temple space. But then they met during the week from home to home. In Acts chapter 2, verses 46, and chapter 5, verse 42. And the Apostle Peter encouraged this in the one letter stating here in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9. He says, open up your homes to one another. It doesn't say they are really nice ones. Open them up. It didn't say that in the Bible. It just says open them up, and they don't have to be really nice. It just says open up your home. Why does God encourage that? I think there are two very basic truths about human connection that are reflected in this call to open up our homes. First, when we open up our homes, it represents opening up where we really live, where our space is at, in more ways than one. It means they met, they met amidst the common weekday, in a common space and, and sharing common meals and common needs. It means we are connecting in what we share in common. Secondly, it reflects the fact that we don't develop relationships in a crowd, but in a circle. We are able to share more of life in smaller groups, then that's where connection takes place. That's what our discipleship class at 9.30 a.m. is all about. It's about sharing our lives and growing in our calling in the common space of our life. I know that the first time we we got to meet in discipleship class, many of us sometimes have to push through the frenzy of life around us. We may have to press through some fears within us, but that is exactly what relationship requires. There's simply no substitute for gathering on a regular basis with a smaller group of lives. Around the common life and purpose of Jesus. So the process of building better relationships begins with choosing to belong, to contribute, and to what? To share. And all of this provides the context For what matters most, which is loving God and loving others. Loving God and loving others. This is what life is all about. Loving God and learning to love others. If you miss this, you have missed the purpose truly of what our life is about. Because life is not about accomplishments. It's about relationships. So let me say this. I've had the privilege, and as I close I will say this, that being at the bedside of those who are dying, Becky and I had the privilege to go be with Annie, Chris, Amber, Josh, as we sat around the table. They FaceTimed us this past Wednesday And I was able to say goodbye to Russ. I was able to to say, you know, Russ, thank you for all you've done. Thank you for how you've contributed. Thank you for how you've partnered. I could have probably just gone on forever. But, But watch this. And even though we've been at the bedside of those that are dying, I've never once heard anybody say, Hey, Pastor Todd, can you bring me my diploma? I want them close to me. Nobody says, oh, by the way, Pastor Todd, uh, can you bring me my trophies? Nobody says, bring me my bank statements. No. What everyone desires, what everyone means or needs the most is family and friends. And that's what matters most. Loving one another. So I was able to say goodbye to a dear friend who's meant so much to me. And it may have only been on FaceTime, but we were able to connect with one another. And if I could be forward with you, that is not always an easy truth to consider, to love one another. Some of us don't feel we have really learned to love well. It can feel like being told something you know is true, but can be elusive. There isn't a week that goes by that I don't sense that I have not loved my wife as I want, or my kids as I want, or my friends, the church family as I want, even strangers as I want. But here's the great truth. We can grow in loving others and building better relationships. How can we do that? We only can do that by learning from Jesus. And there's no other source, there's no other That can guide us more than Jesus. Do I hear an amen? That, than the one that embodied God in this world. So, in the biblical book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul spends the first part of the book capturing how God has loved us, and you heard me read it. He adopted us by grace, and He gave us a new identity. To live out. And then he comes to a vital statement on how to live such love. And he says, Be imitators of God. In Ephesians 5.1 Be imitators of God as dear children. Then it says in verse 2, And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given Himself for us and offering a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. Be an imitator of God. And live a life of love, just as Christ has loved us. So, in the message, which is, I call it a paraphrase, it's a book. Here's where, and here's what they said, and I, I wanted to spell this out today in Ephesians 5 1 through 2. It says, Watch what God does, and then you'll do it. Watch what God does, then you'll do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents, mostly what God God does in love, or how God does, He loves you. Keep company with Him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of Himself. It says in there, love like that. How many of you want to love like Jesus? I do and we should love like that we should watch what God does and then you do it like children who learn proper behavior from their parents He compares this to the way in which children learn from watching their parents every parent knows how to to really reel that process in and, and teach that process but we learn that it happens over time you can't just Baby doesn't come in the world and they learn what no means. You teach them those things. You teach them by example. Parents do what? They provide patterns in our lives. When you have those patterns, they become a lifestyle. And the more we watch them, the more we learn from them. For better or for worse. And we we begin to operate out of them. So if we want to join the patterns of divine love amidst a wounded world that we live in, watch Jesus. Watch Jesus. Watch Jesus.
1: And then learn
2: to love like Jesus. Well, we've come to this time... So we all have to kind of reflect upon our own life and ask this important question. Am I loving like I should? Do I love one another? How am I building a better relationship? How can I form a better relationship? Jesus said in John 15:9. here's what his word says. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. So this morning, if we were to love like Jesus, we will begin by valuing the love that exists in God and sometimes I hate to bring a message to a close because I believe that when I feel the the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit I know that He's with us and He's for us and I want you to know that as you journey through your time of loneliness, grief mourning, whatever it might be I don't know what you're going through but church I want you to embrace the truth that life isn't a soap whacked that it's not good to be alone because we were made for relationships i love that when my wife is doing her hair i can touch her i love that i go up behind her and i can hug her i love that i could be a pest to her ought to she says Becky's love language is quality time so I love the time that we get to spend together and I love the moments we all get to spend together I want all of you to know that God is with us that he's for us he cares for us and I'm just grateful that I get to stand up here and be the head cheerleader for a team that's cheering our Savior on. And I want you to know as well, in our loss, and many of us have lost so many loved ones, if they were to come back, which I know they don't want to, but if they were, boy, would they be able to tell us stories on how to forgive and how to love and how to demonstrate that love like their Heavenly Father has shown Will you do that this week? Will you exhibit that same unselfish, sacrificial love where Jesus Christ stretched out His arms and He died on a cross for us because He loved us? Do you know who Jesus is? And if you don't know who He is, would you come to Him today? If you need to let go and let God, would you come to Him today? If you're dealing with a hurt habit or hang-up, You come to the altar today and you give it to Him. Whatever you're going through, you don't have to do it alone. You get to do it with our Savior, Jesus Christ, and a community of people together rallying around the cross of Christ. Hallelujah. Let's rise to our feet as we pray. Father, we thank You for this morning. We thank You for Your love. We thank You for Your grace. We thank You for the example that Lord has demonstrated in our lives. Father, thank You so much that we get to put... Our, our busy life on pause this morning, as we came here to hear what you had for us. So, Father, as we journey through the series of messages on how to love and how to find and form friendships and how to see others the way you see them, Father, I pray that you will just help us to learn to love one another, Lord. In a a time of chaos, in a time of frustration and a time where, where people are rude, Father, help us to just pause and reflect and mirror Your love to others. Father, thank You for this morning. Thank You for being with us. Thank You for loving me, a sinner that's saved by grace. God, I love You. And I thank You that I get to serve You and worship you and praise you. Thank you for being the cornerstone in my life and the cornerstone of this church. God, help new hope to bring hope to people in this community, the surrounding communities, the state of Ohio, and for those that watch every Sunday from other states and even other countries. God, we pray that you'll touch them and know they're never alone. Even if they're feeling sheltered in place, shut in. God, you are with them. So, Father, we receive your truths this morning. We love you and we accept them. In Jesus' holy, precious name I pray. Amen. Let's sing. And as we sing, if you feel the Lord leading, you to spend that quality time, you come to this altar. You lay it down. And you leave it, let God deal with you and release you. God, it's good. And all the time, amen. Will you trust My in Him today? holy
1: trust
3: in
2: Jesus' name. Will you trust Him today? Listen, My hope is built
0: on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest
2: praise Christ, in Jesus' name.
1: in Jesus' name. My anchor holds.
2: standing in the house of prayer, in the house of praise, in the house of worship. When Canada is being faced with adversity again of being shut down and sheltered in place and churches are closing. When the other day I was in Ravenna, Ohio, and as I was traveling down Summit, I looked to my left, I'm like, is there a for sale sign at this church? Churches are closing. Church, we need to come alive. Revival needs to take place. And people need saved. People need hope. And the only hope we have is in Jesus Christ the cornerstone of our lives. We have to we have to demonstrate that to other people. It says here, the weak will be made strong in the Savior's love. And no matter what, through the storms of life, He is there. For He's our Lord. Hallelujah.
1: Lord,
2: Praise the Lord with me this morning. Hallelujah. It says in 1 John chapter 3 verse 10, anyone who does not love other Christians does not belong to God. Let the word resonate as we leave the building. In 1 John chapter 4 verse 20 it says, those who do not love their brothers and sisters whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. 1 John 3.14 says, But if we love our Christian brothers, it proves that we have passed from death to eternal life. And then John chapter 13, verse 35 says, Your strong love for each other will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Hallelujah. Before we are dismissed, Pastor Luke comes up and dismisses us in prayer. Leave with this thought. That you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And you'll love other people, your neighbor, as yourself. Thank you for coming to pray with those at the altar today. Thank you for joining together in prayer, whether you were in the seat or wherever, wherever God met you this morning. My wife goes in for surgery on Tuesday, and so I ask that you please pray for my wife. And this is a long-awaited surgery. And uh, please be in prayer for her. That is Tuesday morning. And uh, she has about an eight-week recovery. So I praise the Lord that she's going in and God will be with her. And I pray that you'll be with us in prayer. So think of us on Tuesday. I know we don't normally come to you. God's been good to us over the years in our health. And, uh, but I'm grateful that this time has come. And that Beck's able to get in and get some things taken care of. So I praise the Lord for that. So please keep her in your prayers.
4: And today, I love you. God bless you. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time that we can come together. We can gather. We can praise you. We can worship you. We can honor you. We thank you for your message. In the word today, and knowing that together is better than being alone. We thank you that with you, we never have to worry about being alone. That you are always by our side. That you are always there to comfort us in need. I pray a blessing on each and every person here today. Put your loving arms down around them and give them the comfort that they need. We ask this in your holy and most gracious name. Amen. Thank you guys. God bless you. And we hope to see you tonight at six o'clock.